Welcome to the official It's All Dead podcast. The music is dead. Long live the music. Welcome to the official It's All Dead podcast. I'm Kyle Hawk, editor-in-chief at It's All Dead, and uh, we are coming to you two-thirds live from Indianapolis, per usual. Um, and I've got a couple great guests with me today. We're going to be talking about uh, a, a very interesting topic. We're going to be talking about Drake, um, the rapper, not like the other word for dragon or whatever. But um, we're going to be talking about Drake along with some other things and uh, what he means as far as uh, his relevancy in hip-hop um, and what that means for us as the listeners. And uh, so, like I said, I got a couple guests today. And uh, first of all, the first guest is someone that you know well if you listen to the podcast. or Well, you don't know him well, but you've heard him on the podcast before. We had a Kanye West podcast this summer. Uh, he's a Kanye West aficionado, a big hip-hop fan. His name's Brock Benefiel. And uh, Brock, welcome. Oh, thank you, Kyle. Happy to be on again. Absolutely. We're, we're glad you're taking the time to talk about Drake. And I'm really excited about this conversation uh, because our other guest, uh, who's uh, coming in from Louisville, Kentucky, um, on the phone figuratively, uh, is Richard Clark. He's the editor in chief at Christ and Pop Culture and uh, a writer of all sorts on the internet and uh, the biggest Drake fan I know, I think. Um, Rich, <laughs> oh, wow. Rich, welcome to the show. Thanks, Kyle. Good to good to be here. I enjoyed the uh, Kanye podcast, by the way. I just wanted to say that it was really good. Oh, thank you, thank you. Yeah. Well, this this podcast is actually going to be very similar in its nature. Um, not that we're going to break down the top twenty Drake songs of all time or something, but um, nice. we are going to have that a very premature. That seems premature, I would think. Yeah. Well, I think that <laughs> I think it's going to be a good conversation because we've got three different people who are all approaching the conversation about Drake from a very different place as far as i know from knowing both of you and knowing myself um and so i guess i want to start this off uh, by asking you rich um you a couple years ago kind of announced your your love of drake um uh-huh. and kanye west did as well by announcing drake season um he's he's a big deal and i, th- I think he's probably one of the more likable he's become one of the more likable guys in hip-hop like he had a huge turn from going from people having a lot of questions about his credibility to everybody kind of being like oh this guy's okay um yeah so to yeah. start off rich Tell us like what originally got you into Drake. And by the way, you're also a guy who's not like a huge hip hop fan, but yeah. for some reason Drake has like been this thing that like pulled you into that world. And I want to know why, like what is it about him that, that really caught your attention? Well, that's part of the reason is that I'm, I never was a huge hip hop fan, partially because I, I couldn't relate to it well. So I like, um, I like music. I mean, I like music for lots of different reasons and I'm, I'm open to, not just open, but I enjoy listening to music that expands my sort of perspective. Yeah. Um, but what Drake does is actually kind of like an entry to that world. Um, it's it's a way for me to relate to a rapper uh, in a in sort of a way that I, I'm not used to doing. So you know, I didn't. I'm not hard. I didn't grow up in the hood. Uh, <laughs> like us. I'm not. I'm not even black. <laughs> and so I can't relate to a lot of what's out there in the rap world, even though I want to appreciate it. So Drake was kind of an, uh, a, a, a doorway for that uh, because he's a guy that kind of grew up with a nice life and uh, he's he's relatively privileged. And uh, he, uh, in, in addition to that, he sort of has a temperament that I share, 
which is to mm -hmm. say very self-aware, um, almost to the point of navel-gazy. Um, and so Take Care was like that first album where uh, I think, honestly, what sold me on Drake was just looking at the cover of Take Care. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, which have, which has been mocked by many and also, I think, just talked about. I think it, you know, it's just a fantastic cover. It's It's Drake sitting alone at a fancy table with fancy artwork and gold around him, and he's just, like, gazing into a golden goblet, uh, <laughs> totally, totally dissatisfied with his life. Um, so one thing that struck me about that is that Drake, at this time, you know, he's a rapper who kind of has everything. He raps a lot about that, uh, as often rappers do. And yet he was very clear, I felt, even in the undercurrents, that... Uh, everything he has gotten hasn't sort of solved his internal problems. Okay. And that's something that I think has been uh, missing, not just in rap, but in pop music in general, just this acknowledgement that uh, external problems uh, don't always kind of solve everything. Yeah, and I'm going to let Brock uh, piggyback on that thought here in just a moment, but I also want to uh, add another level to this, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you talked about the self-awareness and would you say because Drake, because of that persona fits like the inter the current internet culture so well of like that subculture of like internet kids that are really struggling with self-awareness. He wears the cardigans. He's perfect for like memes and animated <laughs> gifts, like, yeah. uh, you know, SNL clips. Like there's a whole like another non-rapper aspect to Drake that is attractive to a certain group of people as well. Do you think that's, that's part of your attraction to him as well, Rich, or is that just like a bonus that, that came along? Yeah, I mean, that makes sense to me. Yeah, I would say that's probably true. I suspect I'm not the only person on the Internet who has these sort of sensibilities. And, uh... Oh, you're definitely not, no. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, it's, it makes sense that he would appeal to a broader sort of tendency on the Internet. I mean, Tumblr uh, is a place where people go and they talk about themselves a lot that people don't always do it well or even rightly or in a way that helps anyone but um, and I you know as we see with Drake sometimes uh, self-aware can quickly uh, veer into selfishness uh, hmm. <laughs> and so and it it's often that's it's 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 a paradox but I think uh, self-awareness can often help someone with selfishness we see sure. that too with Drake yeah. Um, but it's it's weird. It's 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 weird because it is a question of a balance um, rather than extremes. You can go too far into like Tumblr style navel gazing to the point that you don't care who you hurt in the way that you're talking about people. Okay. Um, like the the girl who worked at Hooters, yeah. <laughs> Drake really, <laughs> who Drake dated back in the day. Um, Wait, called out the location specifically. Exactly. Yes. It's awful. That's just awful. I would never do that to someone. But uh, on the other hand, you can immediately sort of see what you've done a year later and and mature in that way. And that's the thing I really love about Drake is that I feel like over time he's maturing, right? Okay. And and being vocal about that that maturing. Right. Brock, I'm going to let you jump in here and share with us a little bit because uh, I know you have your own unique thoughts on Drake. Uh, respond to Rich's overview and tell us a little bit about where you are coming into this conversation. Well, those are great, Rich. Um, 
I think so um, to kind of figure out back off of what Rich is saying, I think what is so appealing about Drake is the fact that he can be whatever you want him to be. Drake is so many different things. You know, he's <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not only is he this like introspective um, sort of artist, but he's also, I mean, he's on one of the hardest rap labels there is. So he sort of has that element as well. He's Jewish. Yeah. He's half black. He's half white. He's been on the Disney channel. He's in videos with Lil Wayne. This guy does everything. So I remember finding Drake um, off that first mixtape that he that he released, and I thought this is what has been kind of Drake's um, mo for me since the get go. This is a guy that um, sort of extraordinarily talented, extraordinarily popular. Um, but the one thing I, I think is always limited to Drake is that there's nothing that he does, um, whether it's lyrically, whether it's his approach to, to production with his, his best friend, um, whether it's his perspective that sort of supersedes any other artist out there. Um, you know, like if you think mm. about, you know, think about technically, he's not a better rapper than Eminem. Lyrically, he's not addressing as interesting as subjects as Kendrick Lamar. Um, the yeah. production of his music, it's not it's not up to, to Kanye. His concepts for his albums, they're not up to Kanye's level. Um, yeah. Even though he, he's sort of an outsider, but he's clearly on the inside, you know, with, the, with Young Money. Um, and so it, it doesn't make his perspective as interesting as like a, a childish Gambino. So Drake is sort of all of those things. He does all of those things great, but he's never the best. Uh, and I think that's sort of the only limiting thing from his music. And I do think he does cause some unforced errors, which I'm sure we'll talk about uh, Kentucky basketball and some of those things. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but for the most part, this is a guy that clearly has a, has a distinct point of view he understands where his strengths are and he is out aggressively trying to make great music. Yeah. And so yeah. those are all like great points. And I, I think I, I look at like where both of you are coming from and I agree with both of you. Uh, my, my first impression of Drake, which I'll just share quickly. Uh, it's not a secret for a lot of people um, that maybe listen to the podcast or, or know me um, that uh, growing up, like in high school and college, my favorite rapper was a guy named Pigeon John, who we had on the podcast uh, earlier this year. And uh, when I was growing up, the big thing about Pigeon John, whether you loved him or hate him, it was like a this ongoing running joke that he didn't fit this hip hop mold because he sang and rapped. He was extremely like self-aware and insecure in his lyrics. Um, mm -hmm. The whole thing, like his whole persona was almost identical to what Drake was doing now, mm. like 10 years past that point where that happened, yeah. underground hip hop. Now Drake's bringing it to a mainstream thing. So my first impression of Drake was like, oh, so like now the mainstream is like finally coming, yeah. like <laughs> taking this thing that the underground has already had for like over a decade. So my first yeah. thought was that the music was okay, but it didn't, it, I had already had that point. It's like I already had those artists in my life. And so this wasn't bringing anything new to the table for me. What I learned mostly because of Rich's love for Drake and Rich and I are close friends. And so I get to see this a lot is this other aspect to Drake. The fact that he can go on SNL and be hilarious. The Like he's got like all these different things that he can do that shows himself yeah. to be like a real person. Unless you're like involved yeah. in the underground hip hop scene, all these other people like were just rappers that were telling these stories, but they weren't like real people where Drake is like open to the point of like, it's impossible not to get that feel of like what Drake is like in all walks of life. You know what I mean? For better or worse. Right. And yeah, I thought, one thing that, 
Sorry, one thing that Drake and I have in common is this commitment in all areas of life to be as open and out there as possible. There are a lot of rappers and people who just don't do that or aren't able to do that maybe. But uh, I think, you know, for for instance, that basketball shot, like you don't see a lot of rappers even trying (laughs) that in public. You know what I mean? Because they know it's going to happen. It's not likely. He shouldn't have tried that in public. (laughs) I I kind of... Well, he shouldn't have tried it at a Kentucky school in public. Uh, he should have tried it at U of L. But other than that, I thought it was great. <laughs> it was terrible. And 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 Drake, he kind of strikes me as that kid in sixth grade that comes out, you know, up in the layup line and just fires up a three and then airballs it and asks for the ball back, which he did. You know, <laughs> yes. like there's, a, there's yes. a very specific type of person that I think Drake is on the <laughs> basketball court, and I can't I can't handle it. <laughs> well, that's possible. So aside from the basketball thing, which which was really funny, and it was perfect. Like only that only could have been Drake. So here's <laughs> here's where we get into the meat of the conversation, which is like, okay, you know, they're Drake's a likable guy. He makes pretty good music for the most part. But why, when it's all said and done, is he not going to be on the level of a Jay Z, of a Kanye, of X person that could potentially also be on that level? And I think there's a couple people that will be. Um, where where is he falling within the relevancy of hip hop? And that's where I think that Brock, you and I have had a, a, a short conversation or just I'll be interested to hear more what you think about it, because I think that sure. you feel as if he's not going to reach that level. And there are very specific reasons why he's only going to be what he is, which is just kind of this like face of pop hip hop for like a mainstream audience. So I still think I think that's exactly what he's going to be. I think he's going to be the face of, of pop hip hop for a long time. Uh, I think I read a, a Steve Hyden column where he was talking about this is the true millennial hip hop star. Um, and so you mentioned Jay-Z. I think he can get to the level of Jay-Z. Um, oh, wow. he's not, he is not artistically going to be as good as Kendrick Lamar, a Kanye West, a Nas. But this guy's a superstar. And it's exactly the stuff that Rich was talking about going on Saturday Night Live. This guy's just can be anything everywhere. And I think that's really going to be what he's remembered for, just the sort of the ubiquitous nature of his celebrity. Um, rather than just specifically his rap music. I think this his rap music is one piece of this this arsenal uh, this guy has as an entertainer. And in that way, I think he could be sort of a Hall of Fame style rapper just because of the fact that he's just he's he's going to have a sprawling empire. Well, let's clarify something real quick, because Kanye is a person that we could accuse of being known for his celebrity. But there's a very distinct difference between Kanye and Drake, which is, yeah. in my mind, the the artist itself and how much the art means and what the art is saying. Am I, am I wrong on that? Artistically, Kanye blows Drake out of the water. The why I compared him to Jay-Z though, I will say uh, if you look in, if you listen to like, you know, early two thousands, late nineties, Jay-Z, that period where there's a lot of great storytelling uh, going on, that's better than anything we've had from Drake. Um, But the reason I compared him to Jay-Z is this guy is, doing a lot of different things. So the mobile aspect. Exactly. Yeah. Now I do want to follow up because you had made a point like that Drake came to a crossroads and it was right. Maybe even before that, the whole Drake season thing, it came to be like a a thing. I'm saying thing a lot, but so he's coming (laughs) to this point and he has a decision to make about what he's going to be as an artist. And you mentioned like these two different diverging roads that went in different directions he could have chosen. And instead of choosing one of those two directions, and I'll let you clarify what those directions are, he took this middle route that meant that he was never going to be 
reach his full relevancy or his full impact as an artist as he could have by going in either of those directions. So, what he, so what Drake has done since the very beginning is he has understood his strength, which I think Rich outlined really well. Very introspective, very sensitive, and he's kept mm-hmm. doing that. I think at a certain point, um, whether it was on Take Care or the last album, he could have said, "Okay." Um, I know that maybe I don't have uh, the personal struggles externally that that would be interesting, but I could address some social issues or we could get really strange on some of this production and try to push the envelope with the music. Um, I mentioned that middle road because what he's doing is being pretty interesting and saying things that he knows people are going to resonate with and not and not yeah. sort of coloring outside of those lines. And that's, I think, allowed him to be this huge hip hop star because he's nothing he's saying is controversial. Everything that he's saying is stuff about himself. So it's inherently, I mean, it can be laughable, but it's inherently non-controversial because he's not calling anyone out except for Hooters waitresses. Rich, what are your <laughs> thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, that's probably true. I would just, I, I guess I put a bigger premium on being uh, universally relatable. I think that's a hard thing to do. And I think we see that with... Um, yeah, I mean, I think we see that with various rappers who are known for being incredible rappers, incredibly talented, lyrically uh, deep. Uh, they're saying interesting things, and yet they don't have uh, even universal acclaim or relate relatability, I guess, um, in the same way. I don't think it's just easy to say things specific to yourself that feel uh, real, that also come across as relatable to uh, me, <laughs> for instance, or anyone else. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. That's that's the thing that I, I, I think some people like <coughs> Slam Drake for that I actually think is a really cool thing is just a general populist sort of bent. Well, that's really interesting because I, I wondered when I was going to bring this into the conversation. I think now is the right time. Uh, you talked about that universal relatability um, yeah. holding a premium for you yet uh, this week um, you shocked the world really on social media <laughs> when you announced that Kendrick Lamar had now surpassed Drake as your favorite artist and I'm, yeah. I want to bring Kendrick into this one because of that but two because I think that it's a really interesting conversation to have of Drake versus Kendrick Lamar. Kendrick Lamar obviously uh, the way he introduced himself to the world at large so Good Kid Mad City was through content that is by and large not relatable to most of us. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I will also like to say that I, I think a Good Kid, Mad City in the top three rap albums of the past decade, at least. Yeah, if, if yeah probably. So yeah. so what is it that caused that shift? Because what, what these two guys are known for content-wise are very, one's very general, one's very specific, I think. Um, what for you, Rich, caused you to say what you said this week. I've been paying a lot of attention to Kendrick Lamar lately because of the tone of his latest album and because of the interviews he's been giving. He's been very core about what, not core, very coy about the perspective that he's coming from. Um, And uh, one thing that it seems like is that Kendrick Lamar has a very specific perspective and it's no secret you introduced me as the editor of Christ and Pop Culture, so I'm a Christian. And I'm interested in what Kendrick is doing as a Christian. Um, it seems to me like he is coming from that perspective very intentionally. Uh, so that's just sort of like the thing that got me interested in him. But as I started watching what he was doing, 
first with Good Kid, Mad City, and then with uh, I, his latest single. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he is actually producing music that is relatable. I think to most people. I think the the overall concept of Good Kid, Mad City. Look, we uh we don't have the struggles that Kendrick had, but he sort of conveys them in a way that is shockingly uh, familiar, you know? It's just that he is also really good at conveying that, you know, some people have to do deal with this stuff on, a, on an insane level, like a really uh, extreme level. And so um, I, I think that Kendrick is kind of doing something brave and new and and especially articulated in I. I mean, so those lyri- those two, the, those lines in uh, I where he says everybody like lacks confidence um, <laughs> feel to me like they are directed towards literally anyone who could be listening to that song, and yet they are. He's he's using that relatability to cast light on something that I would have no very little knowledge of, right? Um, and and to provide possible solutions and to just speak into it, speak truth in general, um, whether it's a personal truth or some sort of like bigger meta narrative truth, you know. Um, and so that's that's why for me Kendrick is uh, he's a little coy. He's definitely not upfront. He's 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 not a he's doesn't he's not navel gazing for sure. I mean. He's not talking about himself a whole lot, and in fact, I think uh, that demonstrates a little more self-awareness. I mean, this is a dude who is maturing faster than anyone I've ever seen. There was an interview recently where they asked why he doesn't have any featured artists on his neck on his album. Yeah, and he just said, "Like, I just have a lot to say. Uh, I guess that's a little bit selfish." And when he said that, I feel that he meant it because then on SNL he just like did someone else's song. I know. <laughs> for his great. second song. So um so yeah, so watching Kendrick grow that quickly and that intentionally and that openly is uh is pretty exciting to watch, especially in light of just dealing for years with Drake's misogyny and awfulness that just hasn't improved at all. <laughs> and it's just kind of like, Oh, I'm so lonely. So uh <laughs> and it, and if these women people. would just learn, you know. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, it, I mean that's that part of Drake I've always despised, um, and just prayed that he. I mean, I liked the way he talked about how women don't solve all of his problems, and he feels empty afterward. But come on, that doesn't that doesn't do anything for anyone except for yourself. It just makes you feel better. About right, Drake is like. Yeah, Drake is perpetually the saddest guy in the strip club. That's just his kind of attitude. <laughs> yeah. and he yeah. the but he keeps going back to the strip club, and right. that's what drives me nuts. Right. I don't know. Maybe for the food. Uh, well, Brock, uh, tell me your respond to Rich's thoughts on the Kendrick versus yeah. Drake. Oh, that was great. Um, you know, Kendrick's one of those guys. He goes broad by going specific. He's a guy that he's got a very specific story that he wants to tell. And the way that he relates to other people, or where I, the reason I think people relate to Kendrick, because you go back, you look at A Good Kid in Mad City, that's a concept album about being 17 years old, right? And the yep. Kendrick's telling you all these stories that maybe you would have gone through something similar. It just so happens that Kendrick's setting for all this is Compton, right? So it's, yeah. he's going to run into inherent problems within that setting that no one else is going to. So that's what makes it interesting. But he's still a 17-year-old kid, and he's still thinking about 
all of these temptations. You go back to these guys, why they're successful. They're good at being themselves and understanding what's effective about the, uh, what they communicate. Yeah. So I, we talked about, you know, choosing your path or whatever. There was a time when hip hop made its splash in the mainstream, like back probably late nineties, uh, where all of a sudden it was like on pop radio and stuff. I feel like, um, at that time, mainstream hip hop was definitely not wearing its heart on its sleeve. Um, the guys that you listen to <clears throat> like Nas was a great storyteller. Um, he was like, you know, Illmatic was almost like the original good kid, mad city in a lot of ways. Right. Absolutely. Um, but there wasn't, it was, it was storytelling at its, at its base and all the way up. Like it was just storytelling. I, I didn't like know what emotions Nas was feeling a lot of the time. And that yeah. goes through a lot of artists. Like it was like this turn somewhere where it became okay for like rappers to be like a person and, totally. and lack self-confidence and have questions. And that's, I feel like Kendrick Drake, kind of like blew the doors open on that. But now Kendrick, I think, is going to be the poster boy for that because he fits both these things. He can tell a story like Nas can, but like he then he can put out a song like I that like blows us all off for a minute or like I mean, yeah. it doesn't blow us off. I mean, I'm trying to think of the right word, like makes us all take a step back. Like, whoa, what Absolutely. what is this? But he's still doing it and it's still Kendrick, but it's like Kendrick on a, on a whole different level, on a whole, uh, whole different place. You know what I mean? Like he's able to mm-hmm. cross that line and put his feet in both worlds and still be completely authentic um, and resonate with a really, an even larger audience. Yeah. I think all those guys that came, the guys that you mentioned, so Tribe Called Quest, Nas, uh, even, even a common more recently, all the people, Tyler Quality, all the guys that were addressing, uh, you know, doing reporting, doing journalism and rap music, um, they allowed Kendrick to sort of take, take the next step, go to the next level and be, and, and still address issues uh, that were external, but also look inside and say, okay, what does this mean to, to me? What impact is this having on me? That may have not been what you saw in Elmatic, but that's, you know, that's why you see it on Good Kid, Mad City. It's just a natural progression of, of, a, of a type of art that's always been, that's always existed within rap music. Yeah. And I think something that's really interesting is uh, about early 2000s, you know, Kanye dropped uh, College Dropout and Talib Kweli was uh, coming onto the scene, Lupe Fiasco. And so there was almost like this whole like subgenre of uh, what was the term for it, for that? A conscious hip hop. Yes. Conscious hip hop. Yeah, yeah. And I think all of us that were hip hop fans knew that this wasn't like the first time people were talking about this stuff. And we were all thinking, why can't that just be hip hop? Like, why can't that be like the, the groundwork for like where hip hop starts, like intelligent, thoughtful, um, digging to that uncomfortable nerve, telling interesting stories and still having a heart. Like, why can't that be hip hop? And I think now like we're closer than ever to that being that. Cause I haven't heard anybody talk about Kendrick as far as conscious hip hop. Like he's a rapper, right? Like he represents like in a lot of ways, he was the face of hip hop for the past couple of years and maybe this year too, like this coming year. Well, I definitely, I mean, I definitely think Kendrick is conscious hip hop. Um, or I think Kendrick has, you compare him to a Drake or, you know, brought up Lupe, Lupe Fiasco is that Kendrick never seems to make people uncomfortable. Uh, with his inflection or the way he addresses things. He mm. just seems like uh, whatever he address, it just comes from an honest, genuine place. Whereas Drake, I mean, we've, we've, we've kind of chided him a little bit on the podcast today, can be a little a little whiny, uh, definitely misogynistic, though, 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 though that is present in Kendrick's lyrics as well. Um, and I just think he, he tends to uh, hit that, that streamline of just of being honest without making people almost feel weird about it whereas lupe can be a little preachy drake can be a little whiny yeah 
And just because I'm selfish yeah. here, I'm, I'm going to bring someone else, uh, another artist, into the conversation because Brock, you mentioned him earlier, Childish Gambino, another guy who I feel like was mm. on the cusp of doing this in his own way, like completely different from Kendrick and Drake. Um, Rich, uh, tell me your thoughts on Childish Gambino. And I know we've talked about him a little bit, but yeah, he's definitely underground compared to these guys. He's not on their level as far yeah. as mainstream. But I'm... I think he should be in that conversation. I agree. I think I think he's got a lot of potential. I'm really torn about him. Uh, I like a lot of his music, but um, I have a friend. Uh, his name is Cray Allred. He he does a podcast called Sunday Old School, um, and he he was talking about uh, Childish Gambino and basically said uh, that his music is. He was trying to figure out how to describe what his music is like, and he he came up with the phrase "penis gazy." <laughs> um, which I think is a pretty apt description of Childish Gambino. I mean, he's he's basically, uh, it seems like, I mean, the problem with being uh, open about yourself is that if you're you're not a very interesting person, it's just kind of boring. <laughs> and it oh. feels like that's, uh, as a young guy, uh, he he seems obsessed with that aspect of his life, the, the sort of sexual aspect of his life, and really proud of it and really happy to talk about it. And yeah, sometimes uh, it's sad, and sometimes it's happy, and it has a lot of emotional range. But in terms of subject matter, it it uh, it's a little boring, I think. Yeah. Um, well, not to cut you off there, I just want to jump in and say yeah. that yeah, I agree with you. If we're talking about camp, I disagree with you. If we're talking about because of the internet, which is this album from last year, um, I think those are two yeah, very that, yeah, that's true. Stark uh, albums and contrast to their content. Um, yeah. But, Go ahead and finish what your thought was there. No, yeah, I was basically done. I think I think, but because the internet is a lot better, it still it still feels like everything comes back to sexual ex escapades, even in that album a little bit. Um, at least that's the feeling I got. It's just one of those albums that I like a lot in terms of tone and in terms of um, you know how it sounds. I enjoy it, but. Uh, when I really start listening, uh, it, it just kind of bugs me. Well, Maybe I'm a prude a little bit. I'm probably a little bit of a prude. I mean, I, again, I agree with you wholeheartedly on Camp. Camp was a debut album yeah. through and through. I don't think he knew who he was or what he wanted to say. Yet. And you can tell that album is very scattered. Uh, there's some like really like poignant like social commentary and then there's like just some of the, the stuff you're talking about and it doesn't fit that well because the internet is a concept album that i thought worked magnificently about you know our internet culture and the way that it affects our relationships um and because it was so specific and so targeted um i thought it excelled on on just about every level um but it still doesn't it you know it's it didn't do what i think what he hoped it would which was elevate him to that um, not Drake level, but at least get him into the conversation. And I don't think it did accomplish that. I, I don't know, Brock, did you yeah. have any thoughts on that? So I think um, whether it's because of the internet, any any sort of childish Gambito endeavor, what is always fascinating to me about him is his position as the outsider. And whether it's relationships, whether it's rap music, whether it's growing up in, um, in Georgia, like childish Gambito sort of occupies this position as someone that's extremely talented and extremely creative and running up against forces that are resisting him to be himself. And I think he's always fascinated. Uh, I think he's always fascinated when he's talking about the struggle against those institutions. And I think that comes against, that comes 
together very clear because the internet, especially the production, that is such a weird album and it's just it's just beautiful. You know, it's it's it goes in so many different yeah. directions. To me, that's why he's so fascinating. And I think um, there's no real great comparison to Childish Gambino, but I do think he's somewhat of our generation's Q-tip, and I think he's mm. he's probably in in some ways the most disruptive um, sonically, you know, one of the most disruptive artists um, since Tribe Called Quest. Wow. That's high praise. I'm man. I'm smiling right now. That was I, I had not even like considered that, but I think I, I agree with you. That's kind of yeah. You just think about someone who's who's is that into the production, who's that um, uh, conceptual, and who's sort of stuck inside his own head for the right reasons. Uh, that's the only guy that really comes to mind. Yeah. Well, I think you're dead on. Like I, I mm. haven't really made that connection, but um, so I think. More than anything, we the point of the podcast was to discuss Drake and his place uh, in hip hop. Um, but I think more than anything, like what I've taken away from this conversation is that now more than ever, there are way more options for people who want to get into hip hop, who want to take an interest in the music and in the art. Um, I think in the past, it was a it could be a very closed off group and a bit elitist in some circles, depending on. Who you were talking to about it but i think now more than ever there's more options of like what style of music what content you want to hear um i don't know if that's fair or not but i feel like we talked about three guys who are all similar as artists but are coming to the table with three very different perspectives on uh, yeah on yeah. life and relationships and i think that's kind of awesome like I, I and i wouldn't fault anybody for choosing any of those three options you know what i mean um, but it's even mm -hmm. better, I guess, if you can enjoy it all. So I'm curious, though, Kyle, before, before we wrap up, 10 years from now, 15 years from now, how do you think we'll look back? What do you think we'll say when we look back on the career of Drake? Where do you think he will exist within the, uh, the, the cultural zeitgeist? Yeah, I think that's a, that's a really good uh, thing to wrap up on. Um, I think that we're going to remember the, the other stuff that I was talking about, the stuff that kind of caught my eye um which is the the comedy the sense of humor the kind of like crazy rolling stone interviews where he's talking about his fascination with swimming pools i think we're going to remember him as that artist who was like <laughs> i know like brock's laughing too it's just that weird stuff where it's just like man you're just going to tell us how like exactly <laughs> what you're thinking right now and who you are like, he's gonna he's gonna be that guy that wore yeah. his heart on his sleeve but i don't know if we're gonna we're going to be having a podcast talking about the top 20 songs of Drake's career or ranking Drake's albums. I don't think that's going to happen 20 years from now. I think he'll be remembered for that. Yeah. It'll be in a positive way, but he's not going to be this like transcendent artist who uh, we really want to like break down the art itself. Honestly, I think the answer to that question comes down to a, qu a question of how the culture is going to move, like what direction the culture is going to move. If we move into a direction where we really uh, work to uh, sh share all of our life to all everyone, and that's like what's prized is this sort of uh, authenticity, quote-unquote authenticity, and this transparency, I think that Drake will be seen as one of the big people who led that movement. I mean, Drake has a lot to do with with uh, leading that movement, not just in rap, but in pop music. Um, and so if pop music goes in that direction, I think we'll see Drake as a, as a uh, pioneer in that way. Th that's probably overstating it a bit, but maybe not much. Brock? 
I mean, I think so. Drake's to me like almost a, a little more annoying version of like Derek Jeter in two thousand one, where he's just like he's clearly he's clearly a superstar that and that transcends yeah, his his music genre certainly, but really any other medium. I think we'll look back at Drake as being this Hall of Fame quality rap star um, who's one of the best of his generation, never the best, but always a guy that was just clearly a star and had that charisma and that and that spark that so few people have, mm. even some of the best people um, in the game right now, like a Kendrick or a Childish Gambino. Um, and I think we'll just look at him as, as being this sort of cultural hegemon. All right. Well, there you have it. Uh, three thoughts on Drake. Um, and, uh, Rich, I want to thank you for taking the time to come on the podcast today and share your thoughts. Um, and, uh, we're Definitely. really happy to have you. Um, and yeah, we, uh, it's, 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 uh, it's a, a privilege and a pleasure to be on the show. Oh, shucks. Uh, Brock, thank you as well for coming <laughs> on. Thank you, Kyle. I'm glad to be the, uh, the usual rap guest <laughs> on right. the podcast. So that's the Drake podcast. Uh, I'm Kyle Hawk. Um, again, you can get all kinds of music news and information by going to itsalldead.com. Um, and we're going to have a, another podcast coming up before the year's over to talk about uh, the best albums um, of 2014. So that's going to be a really great discussion. And uh, we'll have some lists and, and fun articles about that as well up on the site. So thank you for checking us out. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and uh, come visit us. It's all dead.com. All right. Uh, until next time. We'll catch you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to the official It's All Dead podcast. You can download our podcast at iTunes and find exclusive music news and content at www.itsalldead.com. <laughs>